That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in, and thanks to you for supporting the show. Today's guest is Evan Kidd. Evan is a filmmaker, a writer, a drummer, and he's the founder of Rock Set Productions, and he sent me a phenomenal film he created called Son of Clowns, and we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to learn a little bit about Evan and uh, and what he's up to today, and it's an honor to have you on today, man. Thank you for joining uh, Sober Guy Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. So um, we kind of touched on this uh, in our in our little pre-chat, but um, you know, you had reached out to me and and sent me over the movie Son of Clowns. That's that you, uh, you. I think you you wrote it. Um, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you really did a lot of work into this project. Um, we're gonna dive into that. There's um, you know, there's some relation to addiction in the movie and the effects it has not only on the individual but the family as well. Um, such an important topic that I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, first, before we do that, I know you have also a lot of other work that you have done in the past, and I don't know what you're currently up to. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that, of course, as well. But I thought maybe we could get to know you a little bit first, Evan. So maybe um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you're up to. Sure, man. Um, well, I'm a filmmaker, first and foremost, you know, really view myself as a storyteller. I think the, you know, medium of storytelling you know, just happens to be through film, one of the more convenient ways to tell it. But, you know, whether it's podcast, radio, you know, speaking by a campfire, I think just the the method of telling stories to people is a way of healing and a way of empowering. And so, you know, I really see myself as being someone who wants to do that for the rest of my life. You know, I think film is my favorite way to do it. Um, but, you know, I'm developing a podcast right now. I'm developing, you know, a couple little written projects, new films, things like that. Um, but really, man, it just always comes back to storytelling and how do we help and heal through the you know medium? Yeah, sure, sure. And it's it's such a uh, I don't think I don't think the um, the the average person who's never really dealt with film or audio or or um, or anything in that scope realizes the work that actually goes in behind the the scenes to that. Um, so speak on that, man. Like, what is what is your what is your life like as far as work? There's so much that goes into creating a a, a full film. Um, what is that like, man? It, it's a trip, man. Absolutely, and I'm doing it at an independent, very micro budget level. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear filmmaker, you know, you think Steven Spielberg or, you know, some guy in L.A. (laughs) who's, you know, got it all made and got, you know, driver driving him around and all that. I mean, that could not be further from who I am. Um, I respect those guys and I love their works. But, you know, for me, uh, there's an emerging what's called the middle class of filmmakers. and And it's really just people who, you know, they're the ones doing this. And if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't be in the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and really it's that self motivating kind of tactic that I take into making my films, uh, with what I do, especially in relation to, you know, son of clowns, uh, you know, it just came out yesterday, uh, November 15th on Amazon prime. And so, you know, that's a huge accomplishment. I'm so proud of it, but 
before that, like you said, there were about two and a half years of work that, you know, not a lot of people saw, uh, you know, before it got on there. Um, you know, so the average person scrolling through Amazon and just stumbles across it obviously has no way of knowing that. And, you know, for, for their intents and purposes, they're just there for the story and they really don't need to, but you know, it's a lot of work and, you know, it's, uh, for what we did with son of clowns, we shot it in 10 days, which is extremely fast, uh, especially for, you know, a full 95 minute narrative feature film. Um, you know, it was very heavy. Uh, you know, in regards to the subject matter, it was, you know, a pretty personal story for me and my lead actors. Uh, we, you know, a lot of them actually had dealt with the subject matter, whether it was through themselves or through, you know, people they knew in their life as well. So, you know, in addition to moving very accelerated, we're dealing with material that's, you know, pretty heavy and obviously something we want to respect. So, you know, it, it's definitely an added challenge when you're trying to do something, you know, kind of gracefully that is, you know, heavy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. also trying to be efficient with just the you know general production because you know we only have this location for two hours and we have to have this very big emotional scene and you know we obviously want to give it the respect it needs but you know kind of how do we craft it in a way that kind of does both? Yeah, um, no, I, and I I thought I thought that was um, that was something that was um, that really just shine through and i guess maybe it was the fact that i that you know because you and i had chatted a bit before but that i knew that you know the budget and the 10 day you know time frame to shoot all this and the quality of, of the film is um is is great and it's it's almost unbelievable that you guys were able to pull that off and 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 wrap that all in in, in such um you know a serious topic but also add um some lightheartedness uh, yeah. to it as well so uh, yeah it's pretty pretty awesome yeah, thanks, man. I mean, the whole thing with kind of fusing a little bit of comedy in there was just because that's life. I mean, I, I think it's a little more effective as a film if if you can kind of laugh at a few parts, whether, you know, they're funny or a little dark. You know, um, there's, you know, I definitely wouldn't call Son of Clowns a comedy. A lot of people think it is just because it has clowns. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just, that's kind of the quirk and the gimmick in a weird way yeah. to get people to watch. But really, the film's not about circuses and clowns. It's just, you know, happens to be set in that world. What it's really about is depression and alcohol and kind of what you do in life when you're struggling and when you're hurting yeah. and when, you know, you're in, you're in one of those, uh, you know, valleys of life, so to speak, between the peaks. And so uh, it, it's really about that. But, you know, I, I, one show I really liked a lot was Breaking Bad. And granted, that show, yeah. very different in mm-hmm. terms of what, you know, my show was. But, you know, it was so dark and it was about this guy who got, you know, very self-involved with his, you know, illegal, you know, drug thing. And I mean, couldn't be further from the message we're trying to send. But, you know, the show tonally did a very good job at putting really funny things in there so you could empathize. And, you know, I was thinking empathy. I mean, that's what the world needs more of. I mean, especially in today. Uh, you know, every there's a lot of division, and I think you know empathy and being able to, you know, see someone's situation, even if you're not familiar with it, even if you know it's not your situation. Um, I think that's powerful, and I think comedy is one of the quickest ways to get into that empathy. Is when you know when you can laugh with someone, yeah, sure. Then I think you can really kind of bypass some levels of trust to you know get closer with them. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And um, I, you know, I, I think that um, I think you know, in talking more specifically about, about the film and about kind of the, um, you know, what goes on in it. One thing you mentioned before, um, 
was about, I, I can't remember how you said it now. Uh, sorry, I'm totally getting a, a brain shit right now. But um, <laughs> he, you were kind of talking about, you know, when you think of a filmmaker, you know, you think of like this, you know, this big Hollywood you know, yeah. production and like, and that, I guess that's probably the general idea that most people have when they think of filmmaker, right? Mm-hmm. I, when we, when you originally had reached out to me, I think that was one of the things that appealed to me too, was that it was so refreshing mm. to see somebody out there who was just so like super passionate about their work and about creating a story and about telling it and not about all the hype bullshit around it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, and absolutely. So it's really cool to see um to see dudes like you coming up, you know what I mean, that are that are actually and 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 then on top of that, they you were able to depict that in the movie too. In in uh in I think it was the scene where um um uh Hudson is mm-hmm. speaking back to the in the little class that he's in, right? Oh, the acting like, class. The yeah. acting class. Yeah. So, um I don't know, man. I that that's one thing that really stood out to me too. Let's let's kind of dive into the story a little bit, man. Um take a take us through a general synopsis of what the what the story's about. Yeah, so Son of Clowns is about a fictional actor named Hudson Cash, and Hudson basically has a, you know, small but important recurring part in kind of a, you know, network TV show kind of Game of Thrones ripoff, if you will. So, you know, it's not the most rewarding work, but, you know, it's consistent, it's getting him seen, and he's starting to see his fame rise, and he's, you know navigating in those kind of Hollywood waters like we were talking about. Um, But it never, you know, truly made him happy. And he's got some problems with alcohol and, you know, it really compounds in the movie and it comes to a breaking point when uh, he actually loses his TV show and he ends up moving back to North Carolina where I'm from and where the story is set to join his parents in their kind of backyard circus. So it's a really weird concept. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) It's different, you know, Definitely different. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, kind of darker, subtle comedy, but it's, it's a drama through and through. I mean, it's uh, you, you see it building and like the beginning of the film tonally feels very different from the ending of the film. Um, but I think that's just to show the progression of how things can get dark and, you know, quickly your life can change in the course of, you know, weeks or months or whatever. Um, and not to underestimate that you have that power to either fight it or succumb to it. And so, you know, really Son of Clowns is at the end of the day about a guy who's trying to figure out his place in the world uh, when truly he doesn't have one. He's in between jobs, so to speak. And so I think it's a lot of those moments that people can relate to. Yeah, people may not be actors themselves, but, you know, you might have been let go from a job or you might have, you know, been struggling with, you know, where you're going to get your next thing. And so, you know, I think it's in those valleys of life that we can succumb to some dark forces. And I think it's important to be aware of that and that, you know, to maintain some sense of control if you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, and, and he, his drinking too, in the movie, it's, it's so progressive. And I, I could really relate to that. I'm sure a lot of folks out there listening uh, can relate to that too, about how fast, um, alcohol or addiction all of a sudden creeps up and, and, and just grabs you, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and you don't really expect it. And, um, you know, that really happened with, with Hudson in the movie is, um, you know, progressively it just gets worse and you don't even know, mm-hmm. you don't even really know that it's getting worse until it's just, mm-hmm. it's worse. you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I've screened it with a lot of people who say that. And a lot of people who, 
you know, I've screened it to a few kind of blind audiences before, and that's basically to test how do you feel. You know, I don't tell them anything about the movie. They just go into it blind and watch it. And what a lot of people tell me is they're like, I didn't even realize it was about the drinking until halfway through because we just mm-hmm. thought, oh, I guess this guy just drinks a lot and didn't really think much of it. But that's how it starts. It's, yeah. you know, it's a progression, like you said. So you would, you would mention that some of this uh, is fiction. Some of, some of this is personal to you. Um, what kind of, you know, what kind of background do you have with addiction? Um, have you struggled with it with a family member, a loved one? Is there something that's kind of sentimental to you that helped you, um, helped you tell this story and helped you create this, this film? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, while I have not delved in as deep as Hudson gets in the film, um, I, I have struggled with it and I've, I've seen friends, uh, really, really struggle with it and it's hard and it's hard to, you know, see a friend, someone you really care about go through that and, and you kind of feel powerless, I guess, is the way to say mm-hmm. it. Um, cause you, you know, you don't want to, and I think this is especially true in guys. Um, and, and my, my point being, I think, you know, guys don't call out your other guy friends as quickly. And I think it might just be a male mind thing, but you know, a lot of times it's like, Oh, you know, he'll, he'll do all right. It'll be okay. And then like very quickly you realize okay, there's something wrong and you have to kind of step in. So I think, you know, maybe catching ourselves and our friends a little sooner might be, you know, what in terms of my situation I went through yeah. with someone I know, um, it might be something helpful. And then, you know, just regarding, you know, me, I this film's also a lot about, you know, struggling in an industry when things aren't going your way and like not only fighting alcoholism, but also depression, which is something I deal with. And I think it's a, it's a fight. It's every day. You know, and people hear depression and it's like, oh, are you just sad all the time? Is it, you know, yeah. what does that mean? And, it, and really it means whatever it could mean on any day. You know, sometimes you wake up and things are, you know, easy and great. And other times it, it's hard to get out of bed. You know, it's, it's very difficult to predict. And I know a lot of people that have depression in one form or another. And a lot of people that, that don't know they have depression, like people who think, you know, having depression means you just want to, you know, jump off a bridge. It can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it's, again, it's, it's trying to be supportive. It's, it's, you know, I have friends that have much worse than I do. And, and, and it's, it's, how do you be supportive? How do you maintain, you know, an aura of, Hey, if you need to talk, man, I'm here for you. How do you, you know, put yourself out there so they know it's okay to come to you. Cause I think a lot of people don't know, that, you know, they think they'll scare off their friends or family or whatever if, you know, something happens to them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it's it's maintaining that support. So really, I mean, what I wanted to do, you know, coming back into Son of Clowns was, you know, the hardest parts in my life. And granted, I'm, I'm only 24. Uh, you know, I, I consider myself very privileged. You know, I, I, I haven't had the hardest life, you know, but but I've struggled, too. And, and I think it's it's a situation where when you do struggle, I've noticed it's always been in those valleys of life where, you know, you know, either I got, you know, between jobs, you know, making a hard time with rent, uh, you know, things like that. And, and you quickly succumb to these distractions. And and I don't have a clear answer for that because I think valleys of life are always going to come at different points. And you can't just, you know, there's not an answer, you know, make a million dollars and then you're fine. I mean, there's people who are millionaires and billionaires who struggle, you know? Yep. And, and I think it's how do you catch yourself when these things in life aren't always going your way and how do you stay productive? I think that's the thing that's helped me more than anything is, you know, when you're productive, I feel like 
you're getting things done. For me, that that equals writing. Uh, for me, that equals working on this podcast I'm developing, working on a new film project, or you know, a little video, or just a blog, or something. You know, something to stay productive because you know, in what I do, there's a lot of free time, and I know a lot of you know actors and stuff um, that I've met and dealt with. You know, that have these problems with depression and drinking and other things. Uh, it's a lot of that is because there's so much free time. Um, not that they're lazy, you know, it's just, there's more time in their day for distractions to creep in and for those kind of dark forces to take effect. So I think it's a discipline thing. I think discipline is the most powerful tool you can have in your toolbox to combat that. Yeah. It's uh, and it is, it's, it's a hard thing to, uh, to talk about too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that it's, it's funny when, when I have conversations with people where we, you know, and, and a lot of the time this will come up because they say, well, what do you do, you know, for a living or what do you, you know, what do you do? And mm-hmm. so that, you know, mm-hmm. recovery usually comes up and I, I swear like nine times out of 10, um, you know, if it's not the person directly, it's somebody that they love, a family member, a, yep. a son, a daughter, a brother, a mom, a dad that has struggled with either, you know, one of the few things that we're talking about, depression, anxiety, uh, addiction, alcoholism. Um, so this shit runs rampant in our society. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think one good thing is that we're starting to see it come out more um, from a from a public perspective and people are starting to speak out about it more and it's starting to become, um, you know, realize that, it, that it's actually an issue. And not only that, it's actually okay to talk about it because yeah. it's when we don't talk about it, it's when we don't have those tools that we're talking about. Um, you know, and, and the main one is communication is just being able to, to, um, to understand the way that I'm feeling and then communicate it to, to somebody that I trust. And, uh, like you said, going back to that dark place, when we don't do that, then we start going back to, to that, to that dark place and, and God knows, you know, what can happen when, right. when those of us get there. And so I guess to, to kind of bring this back around, in films like yours, in podcasts like Sober Guy Radio, um, blogs, um, the main programs out there, the twelve-step programs, um, you know, the church. There's so many different outlets out there that people can can use um, to start understanding themselves and start understanding that this thing is not you're not alone. I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, and I think in the film, Hudson feels very alone at one point. You know, right. like he, he, he just, he kind of feel, and, and I can relate to that so much because it's so crazy. You can feel, I'm sure you've probably experienced this too. I mean, dealing with, you got all the, this whirlwind, all these things going down, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you just can feel like you're all by yourself and you just don't, right. you don't even know how to handle it. So some people turn to drugs, some people turn to alcohol, um, mm-hmm. some people just fucking trip out, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and some um, people, I mean, you, some people suffer in silence. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the, that's a deadly killer too. I mean, some people never pick up a bottle, never pick up a pill, but they mm-hmm. suffer in silence. And, you know, I think all of those are terrible and I, and I don't think, you know, the self-medication or maybe not even self-medicating, just, just ignoring it. That's another problem, you know, cause like you said, people are, kind of ashamed to talk about it or people think, Oh, people are going to think I'm weird or people yeah. are going to think something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you. Like you, like you said, I mean, mental health affects so many people in our country. It, it's, it's astronomical, the numbers. I mean, and I think they may not be as high if, if we just opened up a little more. And I think, you know, 
humans are designed to be social creatures. Humans are designed to talk and share. And that's why I love storytelling, you know, because it is the essence of that. And so I think, you know, when we do those things, we connect on a way that unlocks something in our mind, body and soul that really allows us to, you know, heal and begin to move past some of these things. Cause you know, if you, if you're not doing anything different, you know, it's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I think a lot of times people think, Oh, if I just, you know, wait another week or two, it'll pass. Or if I, you know, take a different job or if I, you know, read this book. And I mean, those are all great steps, but I think really at the end of the day, you know, those are steps to take alongside community because I've always found that there are other people out there who whether you know it's uh, me struggling to build some you know tool I bought at a store you know very simple very mundane problem or something bigger like this there are other people that have gone through both you know it's not just me and I think that's the the biggest thing I would recommend yeah for sure man I, I don't you were saying that last part and i was thinking about the last time my wife bought something at ikea and i tried to put that <laughs> shit together i yeah, wanted to yeah. break the door down but Dude, the, but like the and that it's it's a funny it's kind of a goofy example but at the same time it really is a good example of of how getting to know ourselves and getting to know our our, our emotions and like how we react to things um yeah. you know i used to get so frustrated with things like that and now I'm not perfect at it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to probably curse a little bit and get a little Same. bit upset, but like I can actually step back now and say, okay, dude, like chill out. Like it's not that big of a deal, like either figure it out or come back to it in a bit. And though that comes with like, number one, failing and, and then not mm -hmm. giving up and then practicing the shit over and over and over. Um, another good point that you brought up too, man, was, was healing. Um, you had said something about healing, and uh, I bring this up because there, there was there was a part in the in the movie that really stood out to me too. And I was wondering if you wrote this part or how this came up. It's, um, I think it was the character Ellie that said it. Find your inner child. I think it was in the trailer actually too at the end. Find mm -hmm. your inner child. Child. We all have, we all have some uh, to some degree, but we just punish it so much we forget it's there. And I thought that that was that was real heavy, and it was it was really um, right on point too. Because how many of us have struggled with with um, with things as as kids, you know, whether it's shitty environments we grew up in or whether it's things that happened to us as kids that we never dealt with. We stuff them down. And then a lot of us blame ourselves for those, too. Um, right. What is your take on that? And um, I'm just kind of curious to hear, you know, what what your thought process is in, in putting that that out. That scene was probably the most emotional scene to write. And there's some other pretty emotional scenes in there yeah, too. Yeah. And, it, and it's subtle. It's a subtle emotional scene. I mean, it's, you know, there's much more dramatic ones in the film, but you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to have had a pretty good upbringing. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I think when things do get hard later in life and I've talked to other people, um, both who've had good upbringings and had otherwise. And a lot of times people are like, if I could just get back in tune with that kind of childlike version of myself where, you know, I didn't worry about things and, you know, my biggest problem was like, you know, what show am I watching on TV? You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, ev everyone kind of yearns for that nostalgia. And I, I think there's some beauty to that because, you know, if you think about how you were as a child, you know, sure you weren't as, you know, smart, I guess, as you are today, 
but maybe you just had a different sense of, you know, dealing with things and maybe you were able to weed out things that were important and things that made you feel good. And I'm not saying every seven year old is like Socrates, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I I think there is something to be said. I'm not, you know, uh, I think there is something to be examined there, uh, at least on a peace level, you know? And and, and, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's kind of where that scene came from because that's something I've, have talked to so many people about and I was like man that's pretty universal and I'd love to find a way to put that in the film. Well yeah because we get we get all old and we get adultish mm-hmm. and all responsible and we forget to have a a good time. We forget to laugh, we yeah. forget to have fun. And uh you know I'll, I'll I'll be real right now like my wife and I are going through some of that right now in in the fact of life just gets so heavy like where um you know, you have, you have bills and responsibilities and, you know, kids and just life comes at you full force. And, um, it's hard sometimes, like you really have to make a conscious effort to step back. And, um, I learned this from my buddy, O from the share podcast rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn serious, like step (laughs) back and like smile a bit and, um, and, and have a little bit of fun. And I think too, like on the, from a kid perspective, you know, my kids are two and six And so that can, you know, that helps to bring the kid out in me is being able to relate to them and play with them and get out, you know, go to the park, go to the soccer game, play Legos, play, Mm -hmm. you know, play drums, play guitar with my son. And and those types of things, man, that can take you back um, can help you. It, it, I don't know. It's almost like a sense of healing. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It's, it's accessing a part of your brain that you've just kind of locked away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you just figured I'm done with that part of my life. I'm X amount of years old. You know, there's no going back. So be it. But, you know, I think if you kind of look at yourself, not in these little chunks of life, like, okay, this was the age where I did this and I'm not saying not to grow, but, you know, I think if you make it more about the whole, I think you get a little bit more out of it. And you can kind of apply a lot of different lessons from, you know, both good and bad parts of your life into who you are now and how that can affect who you go into the world as. Yeah, because life is is peaks and valleys for sure. You know, you're you're there's sometimes you, you're riding the wave and, and sometimes yeah. you're recovering from the wipeout, you know? And, oh, dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, man. But I think if if we kind of keep that perspective of um, we're, we're just not going to give up like just plain and simple. I mean, how, yeah. how many times have you want, like, honestly, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. How many times have you wanted to just throw in the towel? Like, and just say, oh, fuck dude. this. Like I'm done. Why do I even do this? Like I, I wanted to do that shit yesterday. Like with just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, how many times have you done it? I mean, dude, I, I have that thought almost every day yeah. and, and it's a part of me that I hate, you know, it's yeah. that human part. And, and what I've found is that as humans, we want comfort. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be put in situations where, you know, things are hard or we have to, you know, struggle a little bit. I mean, we would love to just kick back, you know, throw our couch or our feet on the couch and have a big <laughs> ass pizza, you know, and, and just watch Netflix all day. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's great in its own time, you know, everyone needs a little bit of that. Yeah. But, you know, if, if that's all your life was, that wouldn't be much of a life. And so... You know, and I think it's important to kind of think about that. Like, I mean, I'm producing a new narrative uh, kind of TV web series, very independent, very low budget. Uh, and one of our actors dropped out yesterday and we're going into production tomorrow. And so we're scrambling right now trying to figure that out. But, you know, and I woke up this morning and I was really stressed about it. And I was like, you know, 
damn, this is just, uh, I was feeling so great writing this good vibe. And then this happened and it's like, yeah. you know what though, it, we'll shoot the parts we can shoot. And if we can't shoot those scenes that we plan to shoot, we'll just move them to a different day. Yeah. It's going to take a little longer. It won't be you know perfect in the way we planned it, but that's life. I mean, you know, and it's, it's hard and that's so easy to say. I mean, that's a very micro example, but you know, that's not even a, a real problem at the end of the day, but you know, it's, it's just dealing with stuff like that. It's these little things that try to chip away at your resolve. Yeah. And, and if you let them, then over time, that's what takes you down. But if you, it, cause I think a lot of times people think the little things aren't that dangerous because they're little over time they'll accumulate. And yeah. so, you know, I think that's, that's what I've kind of tried to keep my mindset towards is, you know, overcoming those. Yeah. Because you know what, if we, we'd be fools to think that, that that is not going to happen over a period of time, just like you're saying the little things. And so back to your point about being able to adjust and being able to mm -hmm. be flexible to, to life on life's terms, when I get caught in my own and it's on Shane's terms, that's when shit gets jacked up all the time mm -hmm. because I try to control what I can't control. You know what I mean? Right. So like right. if you were to wake up and say this, you know, this asshole, he was supposed to be or he or she or whatever was supposed to be here today. And now they dropped out. And then you just start festering and you start manifesting this energy. And like, it just yeah. starts going like, what is the point in that? You know what? I'm just using that as, as an mm -hmm. example, of course. But, um, you know, those types of little things in life happen all the time. And, um, you know, the fact that you're able to, to kind of stand back and say, okay, you know, this happened. We're, We'll, we'll shoot what we can today and then we'll move on from there. And, um, you know, it's such an important tool to learn how to do. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me too. Like I'm, I'm not perfect at it. I'm sure you're not perfect at it, but it's something is like a learned process, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you asked me two hours ago when I got up, I, I probably would have been a little more angry than I am right now, but, <laughs> but I had to go through, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to give yourself the permission to go through some feelings. Yeah. Uh, but you, like you said, you don't fester and that, and like, yeah. I know I sound like I've got it all together, but I really don't. I mean, it's a process and you know, it, it's something you have to learn, you know, it's like yeah. going to the gym. You have to learn to go out there and do your lifts or push ups or whatever it is, you know? And, yeah. and it's just a muscle memory almost in your brain that you have to kind of look out for. So, yeah, and, and, and from a, from an, an addict or an alcoholic perspective, um, you know, for those, for those of us listening out there who are struggling with that or who have struggled with it and are, you know, just trying to stay sober, um, though the, the types of things that we're talking about right now, when we get to the word triggers, like these are the types of little things that, um, can, can lead somebody back to taking a drink again or back to using again, because, um, as many people as I've talked to with, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years of sobriety, um, it's almost identical. It's almost an identical story every single time they, they had a, a good thing going. And one day they woke up and something, something happened and, you know, they, they, they just, it's almost like second nature. They went off and, um, and, you know, they ended up going back down that road and it's usually 10 times, 10 times worse. So I guess what I'm getting at is, um, you know, and I'll speak for myself, it's important to be vigilant about, about myself and, and learn about how I feel as a person and know how, um, you know, know how to deal with my own weird ass shit because it's just crazy. It's crazy sometimes, right? I mean, our minds can go, our minds can go a little bit off the beaten path uh, a lot of the time. Um, what else are you up to, man? Like what other, what other project? I know, I know son of clowns has been a huge, 
um, you know, a huge project. And uh, like you said, it just came out on Amazon yesterday. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, what other projects are you working on? Or are you coming up um, thinking about working on? Yeah, so this thing we're doing tomorrow is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, so I'm originally from North Carolina, and that's where I shot Son of Clowns. And now I live in Louisiana. And there's kind of a long-winded story, and it'll connect, I promise. Um, but one of the reasons I got down here was, you know, I followed a job. And I followed a couple opportunities that were, you know, very nice and, you know, they paid pretty good. And, you know, I, I had struggled with money for a while. And so, you know, at the time they're very appealing. So I took this job down here doing kind of more corporate video. And I kind of knew going in that it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. But, you know, just because we all got to pay our bills, we all got to put yeah. food on the table. You know, I spent a lot of my own money in Son of Clowns. There were no investors. There was no anything. So I was trying to recoup some of that. Yeah. So I took this job and, uh, you know, working corporate video by day. And it was a grind. And it was really intense. And it was really something that I kind of knew going in wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing. But, you know, I kind of turned off that part of my brain and just kind of, you know, went numb to it, went through. And after several months, I just had this realization that, you know, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it took several months. And I, it's like, you sometimes know, your gut will tell you, you know, your gut will tell you what you think, but sometimes you just shut it down. And like in a situation like that, you know, you got to make money. I totally understand. And so like, I, I still feel like, you know, I'm glad I did it. And there were some great experiences learned there. But, you know, one day I kind of woke up and I was like, you know, I haven't, and I was, and granted, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. I'm, I'm a workaholic. And so, you know, I was editing uh, Son of Clowns by night. And I was, you know, working at this full-time job by day. So I was really getting like two hours of sleep at night. Uh, and it was really unhealthy and wasn't a great thing to be doing. And I just, you know, was feeling like crap. And I was like, you know, it's what I needed to do to make this project and earn, you know, money. But after all that was done, you know, I finished Son of Clowns in like January. I was like, you know, what am I doing? And I haven't, you know, made any new films, hadn't really thought about it. And I just kind of saw myself going into a cycle where that was really all I was doing. And so I ended up leaving that. And it was really, you know, kind of a crazy decision because I was like, yeah. I don't know where the next check's coming from. So, you know, I've, I've transitioned into freelancing, which, you know, that's its own thing. It's, you know, sometimes good, sometimes hard. Um, but, you know, what I did in the meantime was I developed a new script. And I, while I was writing it, I said, I want to make a decision to create work that is important. Okay. And, and I know, and I know I'm not always going to have the luxury to just create important work to me because again, I'm going to need to probably, you know, find ways to put food on the table, of course. But I think making a commitment to yourself to at the very least, put yourself in the most uh, promising position to fulfill yourself. And that's what I did. And so I wrote this script kind of actually about mental health and it takes a little bit of a comedic approach. If anyone's seen the show uh, Louie, it's kind of a very similar tone to that. Uh, and it's called Home Remedy. And it's about a therapist who is not officially licensed, but he tries to help his friends and other people around his uh, you know, community. And he starts putting little ads on Craigslist and it's all under the table. Mm -hmm. So he's got his own struggle. And it's, you know, that's kind of where the comedy comes in because, you know, a lot of times mm -hmm. tragedy is comedy and some yeah. people, you know, that's what they say. And so, you know, I wanted to kind of give it that surface layer of comedy, sort of like it was on clowns. But then, you know, as he starts helping these people, he starts really getting into their story. And so it's a, you know, eight part series. Each episode is going to be 20 minutes. And that's also going to come to Amazon prime later in 2017. Nice. And so, so, 
Yeah, man. And so it, it's it's something I was like, you know, it's my own coin on the table. It's my own time, you know, and it's a risk because I, you know, can't work while I'm doing it. And it's not something that's paying me. I'm really paying to do it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's something I need to do to, you know, clear my mental state and like feel like I'm doing something that's going to help people. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I really want to make work that helps people. And so sure. that's kind of how I got into that. And I know that's a long-winded answer, but um, nah, man, it's yeah. it's 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 super cool, man. And I think that I think you're a pretty wise cat for being 24, man. And and just to you know, just talking to you, uh, just today, um, one one thing that's coming to me right now is, I don't know, like, well, it's it's inspiring. So first and foremost, it's very inspiring. Um, you know, I'm an artist myself too, so I there's awesome. that there's that part of it, um, you know, that that it just it just makes you want to get out and do something too, or makes me want to get out and, and do more, right? Just listening right. to your passion behind it. But what I'm getting at here is, can you speak to, you know, the the person out there that is, um, you know, maybe a little bit older and maybe they're stuck in that, in that position in their, in their life where they, they're good at something, you know what I mean? Like they have a passion for doing something, whether it's helping people or, 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 um, you know, music or poetry or whatever the hell it is. Maybe it's just being a, a, a good dad or a good coach or, or mm -hmm. a good mom or, you know, something along those lines, but something that they're passionate about, like stepping outside and really pursuing that, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not telling everyone go quit your job and go do whatever mm -hmm. either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I know that every situation is different, um, yeah. but I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this dude, other than it's inspiring to see somebody who's, who's young in their twenties, like really stepping out and getting after it. And I hope that that would continue to inspire someone else out there listening to say, Hey, like I enjoy to do this too, or I'm good at this and I'm going to step out. I guess too, like we get so confined in our little boxes, our own little worlds is what I'm saying. Right. So like you probably felt like that, um, you know, in, in the corporate thing, it just wasn't for you. And so you get confined in that. And a lot of people, unlike you who stepped out of that a, f a few months in and said, wait a minute, this isn't what I want to do. They find themselves in that 30 years down the road. You know what I mean? Like, just like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. how did I get here? Um, yeah. so I don't know, man, a little words, words of inspiration from you or just in what you said, man, is pretty cool. Yeah, man. I mean, I think like you said, the best thing is every situation is different. And the answer is not just go quick your job and go to your dream. I mean, I think it's different for everyone. Um, you know, with me, I, I don't have kids yet. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation for sure. me. But, you know, even still, you know, it, it's a rough economy out there sometimes. And, you know, it's you. I had to plan for this. You know, it wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like, all right, today's the day I'm out. Yeah. Like I, I planned for it. You know, I saved money. I was very frugal during those months, ate a lot of ramen. You know, yeah. and I and I and I planned for it because I knew there was going to be, you know, that's when your parachute kicks in when you quit. Yeah. And I knew I needed to save up to get that parachute because you don't want to jump out of the plane without your parachute. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I knew that was going to happen. And so, you know, it was rough and it was, you know, a lot more ramen for a couple more months. But, you know, things are slowly picking up. And I think now, you know, I'm trying to get myself in a position where things are going good. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know doing fantastically, but you know, I'm, I'm getting by and I think that's really all I need. Like if I can pay my rent and, you know, create art for a living and you know, I'm good, you know? Yeah, for and sure. so I, I don't need to have like a mansion and a Benz and you know, all this millions of stuff. Um, 
if I can just do that and help people, I'm happy. Like that's what really fulfills me. And so, I mean, I guess it sounds corny, but I mean, I would just say planning, uh, just trying to be frugal. You know, if you know you're going to want to quit your job and you're not happy and it's totally different if you have like a wife and kids and you know, yeah, you've got sure. to support other people. Like I totally, that's a totally different situation. But you situation. can step out. You can, like, yeah. and, and you know, even so with the wife and kids and with that, like if you're passionate about something, you can step out and, sure. and plan. like you're saying, that's a great point in the planning part. You can yeah. plan and you can do what you want to do on the side as time allows. Yeah. But the exactly. important, you know, yeah. the important thing is stepping outside of that comfort zone and actually pursuing it yeah. instead of staying locked up for fear of failure. You know, a lot of that is fear based it as is. well, but- um, you know, fear of failure or fear, fear of what other people are going to think or, you know, whatever, like, fuck all that. Like, it's irrelevant. Like, we can step it, out and you can do things that you really enjoy to do. If you can take that fear and put it, you know, from in fr- being in front of you and put it behind you as something that's motivating you, I think that's the most powerful thing you can do. Someone said that and I don't remember who. Uh, it's in a song from Dr. Dre that he sampled from someone. Oh, but, shit, cuz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I love, I love Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it's, it's like that kind of a situation. And I think, you know, it's different for everyone. But, you know, if you know you're not happy and you do have a family, I mean, maybe you think, okay, I, I can save up for two years. And then two years is my exit plan. And then during those two years, every day after work, instead of coming home and like, you know, sitting on the couch and flicking through the channels for two hours, maybe I'll take an hour to write if you're, you know, a poet or if you're, yeah. you know, want to make a novel. So maybe by then you'll have a book done in your two years that you can release around the time you quit. And then you've also saved up and you live truly for those two years. So, I mean, it's just decisions and like what you plan to do. And it's hard. I mean, it's yeah. not easy. It's not something like, I know we make it seem like it's like one or two decisions and you're good, yeah. but it's a daily commitment to those decisions every day. Well, everyone and wants so, that immediate gratification, yeah. that immediate quick fix or that get rich type of mentality, right. man. And I know right. I, I lived like that for a long time and dude, like I, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's completely, no, it's just, no. it's, it's not it's fucking reality. Yeah. Exactly, bro. It's a myth. And so part of that is in doing what we want to do or being the people that we want to be, um, a, a big part of that for me at least is is having patience and learning to sit back and and not be a lazy ass you know still taking yeah. action but sit back and and kind of assess things and then and then plan and then move forward on them too um, something you know. that's helped for me is is just meditation and mm, i mean you know not 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 that i'm trying to float <laughs> you know in the sky or whatever yeah. <laughs> but you know i mean just like gotcha. meditation doesn't mean you know sitting crisscross with your fingers you know interlock going ohm you know i mean that's yeah. some people but you know meditation can literally just be sitting in a chair and not looking at my damn phone for you know yep. 10 minutes and just staring at like a plant you know or just trying to like clear your mind i try to do that every day for about 10 minutes and it really helps i mean it's you know we live in a connected world and i mean i'm not going to say give up your phone because I mean I'm addicted to my phone but you know just doing that helps me process things a little differently and it kind of gets your mind into a different space I think to be able to maybe focus in on those kind of decisions yeah that's that's a that's a great point and, and and meditation is huge in in the recovery community because it does it, it lets you sit back and um let your mind at ease, dude. I really, I really enjoyed the, uh, the convo today with you, man. And, uh, you know, on Same, top of man. that, I'm, I'm super stoked for you, man, to see where your career goes and see where life takes you, man. You're, and I mean this with respect, man, you're 24, you're a young cat. You got a, a ton of potential, dude, a great attitude. Um, super, super cool to have you on the show 
And uh, where can where can we find um, more information about you, um, Son of Clowns, any other projects you're working on? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's been a blast to be here. Um, as far as other projects and stuff, uh, Home Remedies, the next thing, uh, if you go to rocksetproductions.com, that's kind of where all my work lives. You can watch everything pretty much on there. Uh, Son of Clowns has its website, sonoclowns.com, and then obviously it's on Amazon. If you just search it on Amazon Prime, uh, it'll pop up, and you can stream it for free if you got Prime, or you can rent it for like $1.99 if you don't. And then, you know, I'm pretty active on Twitter. That's my favorite social media. So if you want to have any combos or you know follow me or whatever, it's just at Mr. Evan Kidd. Thanks for listening. Go to thatsoberguy.com for more information and for more resources. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.